0: Good afternoon, everyone. We hope you're having a blessed Holy Week. We're broadcasting live from the AM 1160 The Quest studio. I'm Annie Porter, and I'm joined in studio by Jack Tyson, Steph Ike, and Carol Tearsmith. And on the phone, we are blessed to have Father Jim Blunt with us again from the Society of Our Lady of the Trinity. For those of you who might have missed the last couple of episodes with us um, of the interviews with Father Jim, you can check those out on our website or on our Quest Atlanta app. They're available for you to look for under Programs on Demand. Um, Coming up this hour, we're going to be talking about the Flame of Love movement again and um, learning more about that and also about Holy Week. And we want to remind you that tomorrow we have a special broadcast going on at 11 a.m. We're going to have our Shelter in Peace listener prayer hour. So be sure to tune in for that. Welcome, Father Jim. Thanks for joining us again today.
1: Thank you, Annie and Carol and Stephanie and Jack and your listeners. Yes. God bless you all.
2: And God bless you.
0: So we know all good. Yeah. Yeah. We know all good things start in prayer. So would you lead us in an opening prayer, Father?
1: Thank you, guys. I, we thought we would say the Unity Prayer from the Flame of Love Movement. It's, it's so well written. It was actually dictated by Jesus to a, a visionary in Hungary named Elizabeth Kindleman. And we want to pray that prayer because it blinds the evil spirit. It blinds all that is evil from attacking us. And that promise was given the imprimatur, the prayer and the promise. It's exquisitely beautiful, but also it's awesomely powerful. So I'd ask you, the studio crew, and all of our listeners, if you could say this beautiful prayer after me, line by line. It'll protect us all during this holy hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My adorable Jesus.
0: My adorable Jesus.
1: May our feet journey together.
0: May our feet journey journey together.
1: May our hands gather in unity.
0: May our hands gather in unity.
1: May our hearts beat in unison.
0: May our hearts beat in unison.
1: May our souls be in harmony.
0: May, May our souls be in harmony.
1: May our thoughts be as one.
2: May our thoughts be as one.
1: May our ears listen to the silence together.
0: May our ears listen to the silence together.
1: May our glances profoundly penetrate each other.
0: May our glances profoundly penetrate each, each other. other.
1: May our lips pray together.
0: May our lips pray together.
1: To gain mercy from the eternal Father.
0: To gain mercy from the eternal Father. Amen. Amen
1: That's a good um, early morning prayer for all of us. And what I do here in my rectory in Covington is that I keep a copy of the prayer propped up uh, on the desk next to my bed. So as soon as I get up, I see this prayer and the other one to the Heavenly Father. And then I also keep it, though, in my bathroom. Mm-hmm. So when I go to brush my teeth or to wash my face, it's right there propped up in my bathroom. Then when I go into my kitchen where I have to have my holy coffee, I have this card there. Right near the coffee pot. So I can't miss it. I do that on purpose. So if I miss it in one place, I'll see it in the other. And blind the evil spirit and all that is evil, I'll blind it for the whole day as soon as I get up. it's a good practice for your listeners, and we'll be glad to send them a copy of this prayer. And I know it's also available on your website, the Unity Prayer.
2: So morning, noon, and night, right, at least?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good minimum.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Yeah.
1: It's actually good, though, to memorize the prayer. The, the young people here in our Salt community, here in near Covington, they have the prayer memorized. So it's a beautiful thing to memorize that prayer, and so that you have it available. You might say, as, as a sort of a weapon in your yes. arsenal of weapons, yes. and you can just pull it out any time you need it and say that prayer whenever there's like a sensing of any sort of danger or attack. Mm-hmm. This is like getting out of the car to go grocery shopping. Right. Mm-hmm. to say it right then in the parking lot to protect you and, and your loved ones right there in the store in any way, even from the from the virus itself, to protect us from any sort of attack.
0: Mm, great. Wow! That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, Jack, why don't you start us off this hour?
3: I will. I will. And, and, and thank you for that, Father. And it's great to great to speak with you again during Holy Week. Thank you, Jack. good to be here. And, uh, well, I'm... This is a Holy Week that we're always going to remember. Every, everyone is going to remember this week. But it's also it's a great time to talk about devotions, and one of those being Stations of the Cross. Can you, can you share some thoughts about Stations of the Cross?
1: Yes, Jack. Um, I, I love this devotion, and, and I'm afraid that, that we don't do it often enough. It's really especially appropriate for Lent, for the season of Lent and for Holy Week, And some parishes across the world will actually do the Stations of the Cross on Good Friday, and sometimes live Stations of the Cross, like outside. So I would recommend this devotion to all of our listeners. It's exquisitely beautiful. Um, The Stations really grabbed me when I was a very young man, when I did it just privately one afternoon during Lent, and it reduced me to tears. And I had a similar experience some months later praying the Stations of the Cross that the result of it was that I felt an inner healing. And I never realized the divine efficacy of the Stations of the Cross. In other words, it's not just a prayer that we do by rote or by routine. We actually enter into the passion of Jesus and all of his amazing love and mercy and power becomes available to us. We enter into the stations if we do it correctly, and as we open our hearts, as Cardinal Newman would say, Saint John Henry Newman, heart speaks to heart in a special way though in the stations. Mm -hmm. So it's a way of opening my heart gradually but completely to the love of Jesus in the passion. And I would recommend it to everyone for this week, you can even find it on the internet. There's many different forms and varieties. One of the the most um, noble is the one by St. Alphonsus Liguori. For instance, just looking at one of the stations that he wrote, number 10, it says, uh, Jesus is stripped of his garments, the tenth station of the cross. And he writes a meditation for each one of these. And then he writes a prayer. Here's the prayer that St. Alphonsus wrote for the tenth station, Jesus is stripped of his garments. He says, My innocent Jesus, By the merits of the torment you have felt, help me to strip myself of all affection to things of earth, in order that I may place all my love in you, who are so worthy of my love. I love you, Jesus, with my whole heart. I repent of having offended you. Never permit me to offend you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. Amen. Mm-hmm. So that's wow. one of his prayers in this beautiful uh, set of Stations of the Cross by St. Alphonsus de Glory. I found it to be a way for you and I to enter into the suffering of Jesus and to allow his mercy to enter into us. And it seems to result in inner healing. So many of our problems have a lot to do with suffering and with pain. And we enter into the pain of Jesus, it seems to wash ours away. And so I would recommend it highly. There's a, a supernatural, charismatic gift to praying the Stations of the Cross. I would like to mention, though, Jack, another um, aspect of this that's very appropriate. It's never really talked about, but especially this week while we're all on shutdown, And that is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. That most of us can't go to Mass right now. We will be able to soon. In fact, the more that our listeners pray the station of the cross and the rosary, the quicker the opening will come. The more we pray, the quicker it will come. But here's something to remember, even theologically. That on the altar during Holy Mass, the passion of Christ, his sacrifice, becomes present on the altar in a sacramental, and we can say in a physical way. St. Thomas Aquinas says that when the priest consecrates, he does two consecrations, not one. So he consecrates the bread into the body of Christ, and he consecrates the blood and water, excuse me, the wine and water into the blood of Christ. And so Christ is present on the altar in two different places. There's his body on one side, and there's his blood on the other, on the altar. And St. Thomas says, what is that? That's called death. If you take all my blood out of my body and put it next to me, I'm dead. Hmm. And so you see, the death of Christ is present on the altar because they are separated, the two species. Hmm. The flesh of Christ on one side, the blood of Christ on the other. And so that sacrifice of Jesus is truly present. Although he's not dead, he's actually alive. It also contains the resurrection. But for today, we want to speak about the passion of Christ, how his suffering is present on the altar. See, but that's what the Stations of the Cross do. They spell out to us all that Jesus went through on Calvary for us. And so what we see on the altar, we are experiencing through this devotion and so, I think it's a good way for us this week, when we, we can't go to Mass, to enter into the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. That's what it's actually called, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. The Stations of the Cross, that's one reason why we have them posted and hung up in almost every Catholic Church in the world, in the Church itself, where the Eucharist and the altar are located. Because that's what's happening on the altar, are those, those 14 Stations. So this would be a brilliant way for your beloved listeners to have Mass, you might say, on Holy Thursday. On Good Friday, we don't normally have Mass on that day. It's the only day of the year we don't have Mass. We have a special communion service. But that day, you could also pray the Stations of the Cross at 3 o'clock, remembering what Jesus did for us. So this uh, devotion is old, it's ancient, but it's also modern, It's very efficacious and very powerful. And this could become a a wonderful way for our listeners to enter into what's actually happening on the altars. This is what's happening. And many of us go to Mass without realizing this, that the sacrifice of Christ is present on the altar. And this may be one reason why God, the Holy Trinity, and His authority has allowed this virus and this shutdown Because so many Catholics go to Mass with almost no devotion or appreciation or love. That Mass, we should really tremble when we go to Mass. We should be on our knees, you might say, at the privilege of being there in the presence of the God-Man, both His suffering and His resurrection. This could be one reason why the Lord has allowed this shutdown, this silence for all of us. So we get back to our roots So when we do go back to Mass, when Mass is opened up to us again, we go back to Mass ready, go go back to Mass prepared, that we enter into the sacrifice of Jesus at every Mass, never taking it for granted. There's something awesome happening on the altar at every Mass, and the Stations of the Cross reveal that to us. So this is like a perfect devotion for this week, not only to understand the passion of Christ, and not only to receive divine and supernatural inner healing, but it's a time for us to enter into the, the core of the mystery of the Mass, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus for the human race.
3: That's wonderful, Father. You, you know, over the last couple of weeks, when we when we have experienced the separation, and I'm exercising in the neighborhood, listening to the, to the quest. I have, I have thought about what's that first Mass going to be like when we, when we can all come back together, and I think you just described it. I think you just described it.
1: Yes, this is um, really a brilliant opportunity that we know that the, the divine will is being expressed now because all things happen through God's holy will, either his causative will, we act, where he actively does something, or his permissive will. When the Lord will allow something to happen in order to draw a greater good out of it. And if every Catholic could be renewed in their love for the Lord Jesus Christ and their love for the Mass. And it's hard to love something you don't understand, you see. We love people around us more when we know them better. True knowledge leads to true love. So this is a wonderful time right now to enter into the very mystery of the Mass. It's the mystery of God's love for man expressed dynamically in the Lord's free offering of his life in the sacrifice of the cross. That's what's present at every Mass. So using the stations this week, it's ancient and it's new. As St. Augustine said, ever ancient, ever new. This is the perfect time to get ready for when Mass does begin again for all of us.
3: Thank you, Father. Folks, you. if if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Quest Radio. I'm Jack Tyson, and we're speaking with Father Jim Blunt. Uh, Father Jim, uh, Good Friday is 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 this Friday, and it's also the first day of a Divine Mercy Novena. Understand that that this Novena carries a powerful outcome. Uh, can you tell us tell us and our listeners about Divine Mercy?
1: Yes, uh, Pope Benedict actually said that the Divine Mercy devotion captures the very essence of the Catholic faith, the Divine Mercy devotion. So while it's something, quote-unquote, new, given to us during the 20th century, to a wonderful saintly nun named Sister Faustina, now she's St. Faustina, while it's something new, it's also something old. Again, ever-ancient, ever-new. It's a renewal of the mystery at the heart of the Catholic faith. So it's so important because what it tells us is that mercy is at the core of our Catholic faith. Thomas Aquinas actually said that mercy is the highest attribute of God. It's not like another thing that he does or that he is. It's his highest attribute. It's the highest part of love, the greatest part of who God is. Mercy is all-powerful, but this is so important because, you know, in our times, frequently our Catholic faith, our Christian faith, can be reduced, you, you might say, to something almost bureaucratic, where the church is this, this building and these offices, and maybe, um, maybe we're available nine-to-five to help the people, and we do this and this, and we get this result, It's kind of like routine and bureaucratic and, for lack of a better word, kind of dead. But at the center of the Catholic faith is a relationship with God who is mercy. It's something alive, and it's exquisitely beautiful. The love of God is all-merciful, and His mercy comes to you and I with a smile. You know, there's a saying that says, God doesn't just love you, he likes you, too. doesn't just love you, he likes you. God is our best friend. He truly is a friend He desires friendship with us. And in this mercy, friendship is part of his mercy, and mercy is part of his friendship. He wants to forgive you and I of all of our sins and the guilt of our sins. And... There are special promises to this new devotion in the Church to the divine mercy, that he not only will forgive us all of our sins as we go to confession and make this novena, but he'll also take away all the punishment due to our sin in purgatory. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a plenary indulgence, except it's better than a plenary indulgence, because it's easier. (laughs) It's easier, and that's what we need today. How, how, see, again, how merciful God is. He adapts His gifts to us according to our needs and our exigencies. And so all you really have to do is to go to confession and receive Holy Communion. And of course, if, if we can't do that this week because of the close down, then we do it as soon as it's available again. It still counts, we just wait till it's available again, Holy confession and holy communion. we simply receive confession, receive holy communion, and be sorry for our sins, you know like within the idea of an amendment of life, and God will forgive not only all of our sins but all the punishment due to our sins. And you know what that tells me, even as a priest, but I'm still just a simple Christian. What that tells me is that means when I die, I'll go straight to heaven. You see, if I keep this up, is what that's what that means. I'll go straight to heaven, and that means something more to me. That means He wants me. Uh-huh. That, you see, God, He doesn't tolerate me. He loves me, and He likes you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? It he is, must like yes. us. You see, He says, "I don't want you to wait a thousand years in purgatory. Not even one year. Not even one week." I want you up with me and my mama and my whole family of saints and angels immediately. Come on up, he says. Come on up. Let's do this. (laughs) It's so beautiful. I mean, see God, you know, his actions uh, speak just as loudly as his words. He, He means what he says. He says what he means, and he does it. So God truly loves us. He not only wants to forgive my sins, He wants to take away even the punishment for my sins. He wants to bring me straight to heaven and exalt me like a saint forever. This is something amazing. So the divine mercy devotion sort of brings that out in a great relief. Um, How great is God's mercy? And that mercy is really everything. There is a quote I wanted to share with you from another saint. Her name is St. Therese of Lisieux, and she's called the greatest saint of the modern times by Pope Pius XII. The greatest saint of modern times, and St. Faustina is, is called the saint of, of these end times, of these final days, this, the great saint of these modern times. And they're closely related to each other in time and in their message. But St. Therese, there is an amazing statement by Therese that I think that God um, inspired St. Faustina to, you might say, to perfect. So Therese, who lived a little bit before Faustina. She actually said this, and this is in her diary. This has an imprimatur, by the way. And I said, because this is so radical. We need to understand how truly radical God is. And a real Catholic is also radical in his or her love and their purity and their mercy. We, we should live, if your life is boring, you're not following Jesus. Mm-hmm. If your life is boring, you're not really <laughs> living the Catholic faith. That's right. It's absolutely true. Here's what one of the great radical saints, you know what a saint is? A saint is a holy radical. So here's what one of the holiest radicals of all time actually said. Therese said, I know, she said that if I myself had committed all the mortal sins of the world, and she said every mortal sin that every man or woman has committed, beginning with Adam and Eve, all the way through history to the last person who will ever live on the earth before the final day. And if I myself committed all of their mortal sins, the millions or billions or trillions of them, I myself did all of them myself. I know, she said, that my merciful God, if I were to come to him with a simple plea for mercy and repentance, Father, forgive me. Jesus, have mercy on me. She says, I know that God would forgive me of all of those sins and put me in a place of higher sanctity than I would have had in the very beginning. Mm, wow. Wow. See, this is radical mercy. This is radical love. This is radical holiness. The the essence of our holiness is love and mercy. No one can describe the greatness of God's mercy. Therese comes close, though, doesn't she?
2: Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) Yes, she does. She really
1: comes close. Mm -hmm. And St. Faustina really perfected that, or God did in her beautiful diary, Divine Mercy in My Soul, And with the great promises of the divine mercy devotion, in particular the feast day coming up in about two weeks, when all of our sins can be forgiven and all the punishment for our sin, if we simply go to confession and receive Holy Communion and be sorry for our sins, that's all we need to do. And it almost makes us into a saint, you might say. It's the seed of a saint. So, yes, this divine mercy devotion is something very necessary in our time. St. John Paul was very clear about that, that what mankind needs the most today is mercy. The devil himself has fooled us. We've, we have fallen into a trap as the human race. And as a result of our miserable sins that he's fooled us into doing, like saying there is no God, or uh, saying that uh, men or women and women are men, or using drugs and alcohol to excess, and all of these crazy things that we've done, that we are trapped in shame and guilt and lifelessness and purposelessness. We need mercy. We don't need a good scolding. Maybe we need that too, but what we really need is mercy. And so the divine mercy devotion satisfies a need for the ages and a need for this time to know the true nature of God, no matter what we've done. God, he doesn't like that. No, but he loves us, no matter what we've done. And like the prodigal son, he's always ready and eager to bring us back. He's reaching out to us. And here's an amazing quote from John Paul the Great. And it, it actually brings into relief the Divine Mercy devotion, too, But John Paul said this, that he said, you know, men, you know, they seek for God. And John Paul said that religion, all religions in the earth, they are man reaching up for God and to God, groping for God. But he said Catholicism or Christianity is God reaching down to man.
3: I love that. That's wonderful.
1: Yes. See, and that's what mercy is. That's God's extended hand reaching out to us to save us. It's, It's his initiative. He says, I want you and I want to save you. Let me love you. Let me forgive you. Let me save you.
3: Father, I think we could stay on this topic the whole rest of the hour. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
3: We do have a few more questions for you, and we we have a break coming up in just a couple of minutes, but I wanted to, if I could, sneak in a a question from uh, a listener, Sure, Um, and I'll I'll have to read this to you. Uh, So Matt, Matt from Alpharetta asks, Father Jim, what would you suggest we do to deepen our relationship with Jesus now that we can no longer visit him in adoration nor receive him in the Eucharist? Uh, for the foreseeable future?
1: Well, it's it's a very poignant question. Matthew, we thank you for your question. Um, Because, again, that's everything, is our relationship with Jesus is everything. And, again, maybe God has allowed this shutdown so that we can cultivate the relationship. You see, because so many of us go to church or go through the motions of various devotions with no relationship at all with Jesus— And the Lord wants us to use the devotions. He wants us to go to Mass, but not in an empty way. He wants us to go to Mass with a great fullness, so to speak, with a hunger and with a relationship with Jesus. What are things we can do? Well, we just discussed two of them, and they really are efficacious. I would recommend, Matthew, first of all, the Stations of the Cross. I remember even as a teenager when I did it, I was surprised. I was not expecting this. I broke down in tears. And I remember that afternoon receiving a great cleansing, a new relationship with God. And with something that was bothering me. I didn't even know what it was, but it was gone. I was healthy and happy and free. So I'd recommend the Stations of the Cross because they were touching Jesus in the greatest act of love. And, of course, the Divine Mercy Chaplet and Devotion. You can look it up online. But just to read about it, you know, her diary, of course, is fully approved. Uh, My little sister Susan, she's a beautiful soul, and she's reading the diary right now. She's never read it before. And I'm so impressed, because she's sticking with it. It's kind of a thick book. And it's changing (laughs) her life. I'm so surprised. She's reading it every day, and she is in tears sometimes. She loves that book divine mercy in my soul. And there is revealed in those pages an intimate relationship with Jesus that Faustina had. But God had her write that down. He wanted her to write it down so that you and I could enter into the same relationship. So that's the second thing we can do is practice the divine mercy devotion. And for many of, your, of the listeners, Matthew, it, it's even easier just to read the diary. The diary is explosively powerful and beautiful. A third thing to do, and I want to mention something um, that everyone probably knows, is the power of the rosary. Mm -hmm. There is a new apostolate I noticed. I think it's called the Four Rosary Apostolate. There's something about praying all four rosaries every day that's utterly life-changing. I've recommended that to many people. I remember once I was walking at the monastery in Conyers, and I was just leaving the church, and a gentleman stopped me. I didn't quite recognize him. He had a beautiful Irish brogue. And he spoke to me and said, Father, do you remember me? And then I sort of remembered him and his family. He said, I want you to know. And he reminded me of some of the things he had told me when I met with him a year or two previous. The tremendous difficulty seen his family were going through. And I had recommended to him, as the father of the family, to say the four rosaries every day. And he told me, Father, it has completely and utterly changed my life. I say all four rosaries every day, and my family has been healed, and I'm filled with new joy and new vigor. I will never stop saying the rosary. So there's another simple solution, because when you pray the rosary, as John Paul said, you are contemplating the loving face of Christ through the eyes of the Virgin Mary. And I would recommend to you a fourth idea. It's very modern. It's not even a devotion. Something very modern that we all can do. And I, I like this. In my rectory, I don't have cable television. I don't have any television because I find it to be too sinful. I find most television is too sinful. And even when I find a good station, when the commercials come on, they're sinful. So I don't have any of that. But what I do have is a collection of DVDs. And I would recommend for all of our listeners to pick out a beautiful movie this week to watch. For instance, I was watching one just last night about St. John Henry Newman. It's called Lead Kindly Light. It's a beautiful documentary on the life of John Henry Newman. And boy was that touching. I couldn't even finish it. I had to wait till tonight to finish it. It was touching me so deeply the witness of this, this amazingly empathetic and gentle, kindly man. I would recommend to everyone to pick out a good Catholic movie or documentary this week. Um, that's, there's something holy about that. And that's the right use of technology. And we're blessed to be living in a time when there's so many good things that we could watch. Uh, just two nights ago, I watched Power in My Hands. And that's a brand-new Catholic DVD about the power of the rosary, Power in My Hands. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other ones available for us easily. Of course, The Passion of the Christ is yes. classic, yeah. or Jesus of Nazareth. Well, I, I want to recommend these to us, not just as entertainment. We have enough entertainment. These, these well-done documentaries and movies, uh, they're so touching. And they are a modern way, you might say, given to the Church— where we can enter into the very lives of the saints in the Lord Jesus and Mother Mary. That's another one I would recommend. It's, it's kind of easy, but it's, it works, and it's a very good thing to do as a family. And you could even say a prayer before and/or after the movie as a family, that Our Lady would help you, you and I, to enter into the mystery of that movie more deeply, more sincerely. So those are several ideas the Stations of the Cross, the Divine Mercy Devotion, the Holy Rosary, and watching a good DVD this week, alone or as a family, about the, the faith of the Catholic Church. The, these are all things that will bring us closer to Jesus while we're waiting for the churches to be open.
0: That's great. Thank Perfect. you, Father. All right, y'all, we've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more from Father Jim Blunt. You're listening to AM 1160, The Quest. Stay tuned.
2: This is Monsignor Jim Fennessy from All Saints Catholic Church in Dunwoody. Thank you for listening to AM 1160, the Quest home of listener-supported Atlanta Catholic Radio.
0: Pregnancy Aid Clinic, a Catholic pregnancy resource center, serves women in metro Atlanta with free medical services, parenting classes, baby supplies, and more, providing options and tools families need to choose life. For information or to help a family in need, visit PregnancyAidClinic.com. The quest presents Mom Minutes with Cameron Frad from Among the Lilies. I think that we are so blessed as Catholics to have Mama Mary, okay? When my kids are little, they call her Mama Ma, and then eventually she becomes Mama Mary. We are so blessed with Blessed Virgin Mary, whatever name you wanna call her. Um, She's amazing, she's a mom, she gets it, right? She totally gets it. And she desires us to know and encounter her son. So when you have had a hard day and you felt like you have failed today as a mom, um, ask for her help. When you don't know what to do for your child, I turn to her and I'm like, okay, Mary, I don't know what my son needs right now, but you do. So you please, Fill in the gaps, fill in the pieces where where I'm messing up here, and you just be with them. You help him, you help her, encourage them, and lead them to your son. Let them know him, love him, and serve him. And I think that we get to take advantage of that, which is really cool. Um, I am nowhere near as good of a mom as her, but I try, and by her grace, she will teach me how to be a good mom, too. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com.
1: AM 1160 The Quest is your
3: metro-wide Atlanta Catholic radio station. Our programming is rooted in the teachings of the Catholic Church and helps listeners learn new and fascinating aspects of our faith. Here at The Quest, our mission is simple and powerful, to invite, inform, and inspire listeners to embrace their journey of faith through the beauty of the Catholic Church. The Quest team continues to hear wonderful testimonies from listeners all around Atlanta. One listener shared,
0: The Quest helps me grow my faith every day I listen. Every day, I feel the Holy Spirit talking to me through the Quest. If I have a question, it seems like the answers come to me through this Catholic radio station in a timely manner. I enjoy the programming, and yes, it has changed me. It's definitely changed me.
3: None of this would be possible without listeners just like you. We are a 100% listener-supported station. A donation of any amount helps to cover the ongoing operational expenses. Your donation is helping to bring your fellow Catholics and Christians closer to Christ. To donate, visit thequestatlanta.com.
0: welcome back if you're just joining us we're broadcasting live from the aim 1160 the quest studio this hour i'm annie porter and in studio with me i have steph ike carol tearsmith and jack tyson and on the phone we have father jim blunt and we've been talking about holy week but we're going to make the move over to the flame of love movement and i know steph's been sitting over there ready to get into this because it's a very interesting topic and we're excited to share more with you so steph go ahead
2: I am anxious to talk about that. But you know, something I just want to say, the first half hour has been absolutely amazing. I kind of feel like I've been almost in a trance. <laughs> and Carol was just saying on the break, you know, this is exactly what we needed to hear this first half hour it was about God's mercy. It just brings so much peace right now. And we're so grateful to you for sharing that with us and for all of our listeners. So, so thank you for that, Father. Oh, you're
1: welcome. I mean, even,
2: even down to uh, I'm taking so many notes, and even down to writing down all the DVDs. So, <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to talk about the flame of love a little bit. If that's all right with you? Yes. Okay, and and um, you know we've been talking about this a little bit each week, yeah. Um, and it's been such an important discovery for all of us. It seems like it's catching on all around the world, but. I don't think it's really that well known here in the Atlanta area or in our region, maybe. So um, we're really grateful to have you sharing and teaching us about it. But for those who are online with us right now for the very first time and really don't know what we're talking about with the Flame of Love, could you just give us a little overview? And you know, it's so beautiful and so filled with promise. It'd be great to just sort of give us a little level set before we talk about some more things.
1: Yes, and by the way, the the image also is beautiful as well. Your listeners can look it up, you know, on the website, the Flame of Love website. It's so beautiful, the image of Our Lady there. This is another of the more recent approved devotions uh, of the Church, how the Holy Spirit is moving in our time. And we see that as, as things get, so to speak, worse and worse, God's pulling out all the stops. And he's getting better and better, so to speak. In other words, what he's revealing to us. And these are special graces he's been reserving, you might say, for our time. Mm -hmm. And it's very consoling to think about what our Lord Jesus, his Son, what Jesus actually said was that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Well, look at this. We're like, like at the end of the ages, so to speak. We're like the last, but we're going to get the first graces, the most powerful graces are reserved for the end. And one of those are the flame of love. And I don't mean by that it may be the end of the world. We don't really think that when you read all the Catholic prophecies together, but we do believe it's the end of an era, an end of an era. And this particular era we've been in, though the last 100 years, has been unbelievably sinful and and criminal and dark. And Pope Leo XIII of, of holy memory I actually received uh, like an apparition or a locution. It's not clear which it was, or maybe it was both, where he he saw this century. The 20th century would be like a hundred years of darkness. But after that would come an amazing victory. And the Flame of Love movement is announcing that victory. And it's really a fulfillment of Our Lady of Fatima, a fulfillment to help bring in her promised uh, era of peace. Not the peace of the world, though. The living, dynamic peace of the merciful Jesus that's coming to the earth. When the whole world will be converted to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the Catholic faith. The entire world. And that's been prophesied by many saints and many devotions. And so our Lord told Elizabeth Kendallman, the wonderful visionary in Hungary, in Budapest, Hungary, he said the renewal of the earth will take place through the power and the imploring force of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the renewal of the earth. The earth is going to be renewed. And so our beautiful listeners, we need to grasp this, that the fate of the human race is in God's hands. It's not in the devil's hands. It's in God's hands. And God will determine the fate of nations and the fate of the world. All we need to do is say yes, and thank God for God, and thank God that God accepts intercessors. In other words, you and I can say yes. Let's say there's a thousand of us who are listening right now, and we say yes to God. We can make up for a hundred thousand or a million souls by our sincere yes. We can win graces for others. And so the flame of love is God's special plan to renew the face of the earth, to drive out the darkness, really to sort of burn it away by a flame, to burn away the darkness, and to bring in a new light of love. And so all is not lost. Things appear to be desperate and hopeless. And I would say that God is indeed dealing with um, the sinfulness of the human race. He's dealing with it. It's meant to drive us, you might say, um, to our knees. But God has special graces planned very, very soon. And we can take part in this and help bring it about quicker by using the two particular prayers. The one we said at the beginning of the show, the unity prayer, Mm -hmm. and the little insert prayer. And it it goes like this. And maybe, uh, team, why don't you say this after me? I'm going to say this little insert prayer three times in a row which is a prayer approved by the Church that will open the doors to the victory. The more we say this prayer, the quicker the victory will come. Well, the whole earth, and I mean Muslims and Buddhists and Hindus, too, will come to know and love Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so it goes like this, if you would say this after me. O Blessed Lady, O Blessed Lady, spread the effect of grace. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love
2: of thy flame of love
1: over all of humanity
2: over all of humanity
1: yes now let's say it again o oh, blessed lady o
0: oh, blessed lady
1: spread the effect of grace spread the effect of, of grace of thy flame of love of, of thy
2: flame of love
1: over all of humanity
2: over all of humanity
1: and now we'll say it one more time o oh, blessed lady
2: O oh, Blessed Lady,
1: spread the effect of grace
2: spread the effect of grace
1: of thy flame of love
2: of thy flame of love
1: over all of humanity.
2: Over all of humanity.
1: Amen. Amen. That's a beautiful little prayer, isn't it? It, it is. sure is.
2: You know, Father, you've taught us how, where to insert it in the Hail Mary, yes. what Our Lady's asked for. Do you think yes. we could say a Hail Mary with you right now so our listeners can hear where it's placed in the Hail Mary?
1: Yes, very good idea. Okay. Uh, our Lord and Our Lady asked us to to insert that prayer, minus the first three words. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we say it independently, we, we add those first three words, O oh, Blessed Lady. Mm-hmm. But when we put the the holy insert into the Hail Mary, we drop those first three words, and after the word sinners, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, we put the inserted prayer, spread the effect of grace, of thy flame of love over all of humanity, and we conclude in the normal way, now and at the hour of our death. So we don't change the Hail Mary in any way. We keep all the words of the Hail Mary, but now we add a holy insert for this very special time to bring about this amazing worldwide victory. And Our Lady and Our Lord are asking us to do this. So it's best to include it in the Hail Mary, if you can, mm-hmm. and especially in the Hail Marys of the Rosary. Mm-hmm. So let's say it now. We'll say the, I'll say the first half of the Hail Mary, and then studio crew, if you could answer, and after the word sinners, I'll jump in with you for the okay. insert. <laughs> okay. okay. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
0: Holy Mary,
2: Mother of God, pray Pray for us sinners. Spread
1: spread the effect effect of grace, of of thy thy flame flame of love, over all all of humanity, humanity, now and at the hour hour of our death. death. Amen. It's not too hard, is it? No.
2: No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it.
1: It's extremely powerful, and I would promise the listeners, if you start adding that insert, and it's it's printed on the Holy Prayer card that we can give you, Mm -hmm. if you start adding that insert, you will feel a a new elevation of power in your rosary. It might take a couple extra minutes to pray your rosary, Mm -hmm. but you will feel a new level of authority and power coming to you. And this will become Our Lady's instruments, her faithful sons and daughters who have tuned in to her plan and her son's plan. We want to be part of her victory. It's a very simple thing because Mama Mary treats us, you know, like her children. She doesn't want to make things too complicated or too heavy. But if we say this prayer, you know, with a, a certain sincerity, it'll bring about the victory sooner, the victory of the renewal of the face of the earth where the whole world will begin to experience the reality of God and the reality of the Messiah, of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the reality of His mercy, that God loves everyone. And Jesus, you know, He died for the whole world. That's why the Bible says, for God so loved the world that He sent His only Son. It doesn't say, for God so loved America, that he sent his only Son, or that God so loved the Catholics that he sent his only Son. Well, those things are true. But God loved the entire world, all the nations. And so the flame of love is really, it's an effort by heaven. It's going to work, though. It's more than an effort. It's guaranteed. Our Lord actually said that at one point, I think it was in March 1963, our Lord said to Elizabeth Kendallman, the visionary, the face of the earth will be renewed because something like this has not happened since the Word became flesh. Wow. Something like this has not happened since the Word became flesh. So there's something extraordinarily new coming. Mm-hmm. And you see, the world is becoming extraordinarily dark right now. And God is allowing us, you see, to try our own methods and our own means, to try to run our world, our nation, and God forbid, our school systems without God, without Jesus. And the result is utter chaos. So he's allowing us to do, you might say, the best we can or the worst we can. But right when it's the darkest, then he's going to intervene through his mother and through these prayers. He's going to bring a flash of light and bring a conversion to the whole human race. So something extraordinary is going to come. It's been promised. And if we do have time, I'd I'd like to share with you another apparition of the Virgin Mary, approved by the Church, that really ties in with this flame of love devotion.
2: That would be great.
1: This one is called Our Lady of Good Success. Mm. And this one took place way back around the early 1600s in Quito, Ecuador. And the country at that time was just a colony of Ecuador. But there Our Lady appeared to another visionary, and this one was a Catholic nun. Her name was Sister Mariana Torres. And she became the superior of the convent in time, Mother Mariana Torres. But, you know, she actually came over from Spain with her aunt when she was a teenager. She was very young, I think 12 or 13 years of age, when she came over on a sailboat with her aunt. Her aunt was, at that time, was the superior. And her aunt came over with a group of other holy nuns from Spain and started a new convent in Quito, Ecuador, the capital of the colony that would become a nation. And they came at the request of the bishop because the bishop knew that to have holy and faithful nuns and his diocese praying day and night would augment his efforts of preaching and help to solidify the church and make it grow and protect the country as well. So these nuns came over from Spain, and Mariana was just a little girl, but she asked her parents if she could come with her aunt. That's an amazing, you know, courage for a little one, or for all of them, really. But imagine a little girl asking for permission, because in those days you didn't get back and forth too often, if at all, back in the 1500s and 1600s. If you got across the ocean once, you're doing good. You almost never got back to your homeland. So she effectively said goodbye to her parents and her family forever to become a Catholic nun. And when she became a teenager, a little bit older, she finally took her vows, became a nun, became a superior. But, you know, the Virgin began appearing to Mariana Torres. One sign, another sign of her holiness was this. On the ship, in the ocean, coming from Spain to South America, a huge storm came up in the middle of nowhere. It was the worst storm that even the sailors had ever seen. And what was also seen dramatically was some sort of serpent. Sailors and the nuns saw like a monster, like a serpent in the water. This has been testified to with written testimony. Both sailors and nuns saw this serpent like a dragon. And little Mariana, the ship was about to sink, and she turned to her aunt, who was the superior at that time, and she said to her auntie, she said, Auntie, he's after me, isn't he? Wow. And her aunt said, yes. Oh my gosh. So wow. she said, isn't that amazing? This little girl had that instinct that that dragon and that, that, that terrible storm and the sinking of the ship was because of her and her destiny. And so they prayed together. And everyone witnessed this, that as the aunt and little Mariana prayed together, the dragon disappeared and the storm stopped in front of their eyes. So it was like a prophetic, you might, sign of her future, and her future would really come into play when the whole world was involved in such a storm like this, where the whole world and the Church is about to sink, that the prayers that Our Lady gave to Mariana, her promise would start to come into effect for everyone, and that's now. And so Mother Mariana, whose body is utterly incorrupt, 400 years later, no corruption, Mother Mariana received visitations from Our Lady as a Mother Superior. And Our Lady told Mother Mariana that by the year 1950, this is simply amazing that back in the 1600s, Our Lady called out the year 1950 by name. And Our Lady told Mariana that by that year, darkness would begin to cover the face of the earth. Our darkness never seen before, especially a moral darkness, would cover the earth. And she said it would get worse and worse. It would be hard to receive the sacraments, she said. It would be hard to receive the sacraments. Look what's happening now. Yeah. And then Our Lady told her that it would get so bad as it got closer and closer to the end of the century that you could hardly find one innocent soul even among the children. That people would be submerged in mortal sin, including children. How could that be? Neat. Well we know today what it's called. It's called cable television, the yeah. iPad and the iPhone. That's mm-hmm. that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. That's what has happened, that even our, our children are, are given over to pornography and satanic websites and violence right on the television and their phones. Mm-hmm. And Our Lady said by the year 2000, by the year 2000, this would be happening. With such a darkness, you could even find one innocent soul among the children. Mm-hmm. But now here's the most beautiful and amazing part. Then Our Lady told Mariana and several other of the Spanish nuns who came over with her, shortly after the year 2000, see, that's our time, shortly after the year 2000, just when it appears that everything is lost, when everything is lost, then she said, I will come down from heaven with my son, and we will chain Lucifer the dragon, We will cast him into hell, and we will convert the entire human race.
2: Could you say that one more time? (laughs) Yes. That's powerful.
1: It's very powerful. We have the written testimony not only of Mother Mariana, but of her bishop. It's the only apparition of the Virgin Mary in the history of the world, and in the history of the Catholic Church, that's been approved by every bishop of the diocese from the day it happened to this very day. It's the only one in all of history. It's been approved by every single bishop to the present bishop in Quito, who's now petitioning Rome to canonize Mother Mariana now. Mm -hmm. And Our Lord and Our Lady told Mariana that shortly after the year 2000, just when it appears that everything is lost, that's that's about right now, Mm -hmm. we're getting very close to that point, when it appears that everything is lost perhaps we're going to lose the holy father in a tragic way just when it appears that everything is lost i will come down from heaven with my son we will chain lucifer we will cast him into hell and we will convert the entire face of the earth
2: oh boy <laughs> is there a book father is there a book about our lady of good success that we could recommend, that you could recommend to us?
1: Yes, um, there there are several very good books written about her and about the apparitions and the visions, and we actually have, there are copies available of the original translation of the story from the Catholic priest in Ecuador. It's in Spanish, it's been translated into English. So those are available, I think you can even buy them on Amazon, on the computer. But a couple of them that I do use is a, a nice short, brief one called Stories and Miracles of Our Lady of Good Success. Stories and Miracles of Our Lady of Good Success It's a shorter book that's phenomenal by Dr. Marion Horvat, Ph.D., a wonderful woman scholar who's put this together like a summary of some of the most amazing miracles and stories. And the story of her life is by Father Pereira, Reverend Father Manuel Pereira, It's called The Story of Our Lady of Good Success and the Novena. It's well worth reading. And I didn't tell your listeners or yourselves yet this almost unbelievable cap to all of this. And that is this, that Our Lady appeared not only to Mother Mariana, but to seven other nuns. And she told all of them about these miracles. And all seven of those nuns are incorrupt as well. Oh, it's never wow. happened in the entire history of the Roman Catholic Church or in the history of the world that an entire community of religious, the whole community, is incorrupt.
0: Wow. Oh, goodness.
1: And they're in a glass coffin. You can see them in the, in the crypt church of Our Lady of Good Success in Ecuador. There's at least seven nuns. I read another account that said there were nine. I need to check that out. There may even be more than the first seven. This is unbelievable. It's never happened before. And you see, seven is the number in sacred scripture of divine perfection. Mm. So this is almost like God's imprimatur from heaven. And the connection that I made recently was that the feast day of Our Lady of Good Success is February 2nd, the Feast of the Presentation. And what's so incredible is that when Elizabeth Kindleman of the Flame of Love movement asked Our Lady about a feast day, Our Lady said, I don't want a special feast day. Just celebrate the Flame of Love on February the 2nd. Ah. Mm. <laughs> now, Isn't that amazing? Elizabeth yes. had never yes. heard of the other apparition. She'd yeah. never heard of Lady Good Success. It was uh-huh. never even popularized in Europe until just the last year or two.
0: Wow. Well, guys, I swear it's like a blink and the hour is completely gone away from us. (laughs) Yeah, like we're running over a little bit here, but we are so thankful to Father Jim Blunt from the Society of Our Lady of the Trinity for joining us again this week. Thank you, Father Jim.
1: You're welcome. My joy.
0: Yeah. And if you missed any part of this interview, don't worry. It's going to be up online and on the Quest Atlanta app. So please keep checking for that and be sure to tune in tomorrow for our Live hour at 11 a.m. of Shelter in Peace, our listener prayer hour. It's going to be really something special, we hope. So anyway, thank you for joining us this hour. Father, would you close out in a quick prayer?
1: Sure. Yeah. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Mary, for her flame of love. May her intercession and our prayers with her bring the amazing victory to the human race so that none will be lost and all will be saved, even and especially here in Atlanta. May Almighty God bless you with salvation through Mary's flame of love in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for choosing to listen to AM 1160 The Quest this afternoon. Be sure to stay tuned as the Divine Mercy Chaplet is coming up next. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Bye. The Quest presents a
3: daily dose